Okay, no, I told you, man. I told you. I was live already. I was just turning the camera around to look at you. I totally called it. To look at your beautiful brown face. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Uh, Also, really quickly, a couple things, but one thing I did want to definitely do for Facebook Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The station says, your mother doesn't work here. Clean your own crap when you leave. (laughs) <laughs> however That's, for Courtney that, is that does not hold true somebody's mom right there yeah. is right here boom <laughs> yeah. where's your mic you can't drop it yeah, yeah. Well, no, well I could drop no that would yeah, be good it, it, well, it would be possible and it wouldn't be good and then we have to leave the station yeah, Just yeah. So. dropped <laughs> uh, okay yeah. so, hey congrats this is our 10th broadcast by the way guys oh yeah i mean 10th broadcast that was oh, since we started facebook. doing facebook live oh cool trying to reconnect right on. oh no stop it all right we're good we're good <laughs> so uh tell me a story i learned something about courtney okay. oh. when yeah. you left go on uh i was trying to figure out what we were going to title this facebook live video okay and uh i was we, i don't remember why i said this I mean, I know why. It's because you went to the bathroom like you always do. Well, and my mom made some stupid comment. If, if I'm one thing, I'm consistent. <laughs> You're really mean to your mom, Courtney. I'm not mean to you. It was not mean. My mom made some stupid comment. It was a stupid <laughs> comment. Uh, hang on. This thing keeps disconnecting. Anyway, so I was like, maybe we should just call it uh, Nushko's Potty. And then Courtney that's... reacted to that what? very hardly. Like she. Oh, that's such like, an exaggeration. She laughed. She laughed? No, you I just cringed. said. I said she I hate. Literally I said I hate that word, potty. potty. Like I will, whenever I, if, if ever I have kids, I will refuse to use that word. Okay. So that will not be happening in my household. <laughs> why? Because it's dumb. Like, why can't you just say? go to the bathroom or if you want to hide it a little bit more you can say do you have to go number one or number two oh, or, God, well no. she hates that that's, no. that's no, no. yeah but then you're you guys have a lot of rules about... no no, no. <laughs> i just said the reason that that came up and mm-hmm. i said well that's probably my fault because i refuse to use that language because i felt it, it, it's condescending to you're kids right. and yeah. you know why do you have to make up these stupid little munchkin words i mean there's one thing when you're an infant but when you're old enough to to you know communicate then you can communicate appropriately you don't yeah. have to you know come down when they were little and and the doctor would wanted to ask them something they're so used to using those diminutive phrases that he said something to that effect to them about you know oh you've got to go something boom boom or something you know <laughs> and then they were like what are you talking about are you talking about going to the bathroom and he's like oh, oh i can really yeah. imagine her saying that like do you mean using the restroom like, yeah I don't exactly use the restroom, actually that is totally <laughs> accurate i said you don't have to talk down to kids you can talk to yeah. them and with them and communicate, you yeah. know, you don't have to have a complete separate language. I, I've always believed that a child <laughs> should be given, like, when I was, like, nine years old, I was reading, like, Moby Dick. I was reading, like, How to Kill a Mockingbird. I, 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 I want to make sure kids are, like, getting the language of, like, an adult. That way they'll, like, pick it up sooner, you know? So talk to them like an adult. Yeah. Make them read adult books. Yep. Things she did. like that. That's why always she has, she has a bunch of smart-ass kids. <laughs> yeah. Good. No, but the Good idea, job. that's why, that's why one of the things I really hate uh, is when they came out with being able to have Blu-ray players in the car and stuff. I said, because they don't get enough opportunity to watch TV. Seriously, why can't you just talk? When we would drive places, we were always just having conversations. Why wouldn't you just talk with your kids or have a con- as opposed to finding whatever you can to make them be quiet and leave you alone? You know, how is that going to be encouraging anything? So anyway. Well, 
I don't know. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it encourages them not to bother you, I guess. But that's well, not, yeah, exactly. That's, for, that's whatever, the problem. Whatever yeah. gets them to be quiet. You know, when all of a sudden up. people have these kids that are, you know, they have all these shows like, what was that show with the nanny? Whatever it is, Super Nanny. Super and Nanny. Stuff. I, I really, I couldn't even watch that for, for years because it was so infuriating. So, okay, mm-hmm. you got to get rid of those kids and start over. You know? Cheaper by it, the it, dozen. It, oh, it, it, well, it's, no, it's not like all of a sudden you wake up one day <laughs> I was thinking of the move. Never mind. Movies with kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like you wake up one day and they're these horrible little brats. I mean, that the, those are the results. That is my fear about having children. Like, what if one day I wake up and I realize I hate the person you are? That's <laughs> well, all my fault. <laughs> it is actually because it's all those little seemingly yeah. not seemingly nothing decisions that you make that ultimately create that. So right. you end up with a toddler or somebody that that does that, then that is on you. You know, you've got to be able to, to realize that it's, it, it, again, you know, I know nobody likes to quote Bill Cosby anymore, but <laughs> but uh, he did have some, you know, some some really great things to say about when you're raising kids. And he talked about the idea that you're not interested in justice, you just want quiet. Yeah. You know, it's like whatever it takes to make the kid quiet. And so they have all these kids. I know that, that the girls, they can't stand when they see little kids in a stroller and the light of the screen is reflecting up on them. Because everything is like, put them in front of a movie. Give them, give them your phone to play with. Here's a tablet. Here's a whatever. Uh, you know, you're just, you're, you're inundating them with all of this technology as opposed to how about have a conversation how about use your imagination how about do something that's more than just shutting them up and welcome to our new format yeah parenting advice (laughs) (laughs) well you'll get me started on teenagers right (laughs) my 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 most important thing is as long as you know in the age range of two to five they hug me, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm all about, I love two to five-year-olds because they want to play. They, they are. hug. They're the best. Well, five, they start getting a little full of well, themselves. Well, right, right. But, I know. know. I know. Five and but, six, they start getting attitude. They start, yeah. I, know, I know. But they get on their The two-year-olds, they're so cute. Oh, and I love three-year-olds. Really, their conversations, their sentence structures, the way yeah. that they talk. Yeah, that is, I know. that's one of my favorite ages. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I worked at a nursery in Sri Lanka for like, when I was there for a while. So I... I experienced two to five year olds a lot. Are you oh, having great. technical issues, right? Yeah. This video is probably paused like a thousand times. <laughs> and everyone's uh, just getting but little... I thought your phone was so great. Isn't that what you were telling me? I us? said it records Wait, good should audio. Should I maybe use my Courtney. phone? Maybe. Courtney. Maybe. When you kept saying, you said, Courtney. oh, I should do the Facebook Live because I, my phone is I don't know. I think, I think is a new phone? maybe. What? It's a new phone. <laughs> yeah, it's a new phone. Dude, listen, it, this is not, it has nothing to do with the phone. It's the connection in here, okay? But it worked uh, fine on mine for the nine, the nine videos that we I'm not did. A, uh, okay, so <laughs> I was fine. anyway, let's start the show I mean, instead of, that's uh, enough. Okay. That's enough. It's enough. Leave Man. my phone alone. <laughs> uh, all right, well, here we go. Get ready. So welcome to another episode. I can't even do it. Do I can't it. even do it because I'm so disillusioned with how this is terrible what it's, this I am. Is what it's come I'm to. gonna I'm gonna get better. Look, once I have more no, you're time, not. I'm Listen, you're never gonna have more time. I'm gonna have more time. I'll no, be out not. of school and I'll be able to focus on actually creating quality titles. 
for this show. So welcome to another episode. Until then, welcome to another episode of The War on Comedy. I'm your host, <laughs> Danushka Kumara Singh. <laughs> Was that, from, was that from the website that generates names for web series? No, that, that's just yes, me. Yes, it was. Stop it. Randomly. <laughs> Don't you, even. You know how the train of thought happened in my mind? You made that comment about we hold these truths to be self-evident, <laughs> blah, blah. And then that made me think of like Fox News and their war on Christmas and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, this is the war on comedy because we are, you know, ruining Because comedy. we're tearing it apart? Yeah. We're Listen, you know what? I, I actually don't know yeah. if I'm imp- – I'm either really impressed that you just came up with that whole bullshit story right now, or I'm really disappointed that that's actually what you did. And my name is Ryan Walters. There you go. Listen, man, I'm the guy who looks at a poster and is like, this is the Mr. Silky Slim show. You know what? When, have you ever had a good name for this show? Like a good yes, fake name? Yes, I have. It wasn't Silky Slim because you got that no. off the poster. No, I think the, the best name is going to be, well, one of the best. The one that I can remember, I know I've had better, but uh, one that I can remember is when I did that play on words where it was, you know, the you know, welcome to another episode of Like and Subscribe, and then eventually oh, yeah. it became hey, man. welcome to another episode of Mike and LeBride. That was not good. <laughs> <laughs> In his mind, it was, which is what all really Listen, counts. Listen, man, coming up with an ep- a name for this show is literally scraping the bottom of every barrel <laughs> there ever was. There's never a good name. Nothing exists. That's you know what this is. This show is the Waluigi of shows. You know why? <laughs> There's this actual like analysis, like psychological analysis I read about Waluigi. If you don't know who Waluigi is, do you know? No idea. Okay, do you know? Okay, Waluigi. Okay, there's Mario, right? As in, like, Nintendo's yeah, Mario. Game, uh, Mario. Okay. And then Mario has a brother named Luigi. Luigi. Yeah. And then the evil version of Mario. Are they like their cousins? Well, <laughs> we don't know what their relationships are. They're brothers. But I don't know what the other guys. Wario and the Wild Ouija, I think they're, they're okay, well, cousins or something. Wario is like the evil version of the Mario. He looks, he looks like Mario, but he looks Mario. evil, right? And, and then there's Waluigi, who is like an evil version of Luigi. But here's the thing. This guy was breaking down the like psychological analysis of what these characters represent, right? <laughs> Mario, there's Mario. He's like the main guy, right? The ideal. Then you have Luigi, who's kind of like the not so great version of mario like he i mean he's supposed to be the exact same thing but he really he's the not so great version of mario he's different right but then you have the the inflection of what everything mario you know represents right uh wario he's like the the mirror opposite of mario yeah so the thing is waluigi is a weird existence because of the fact that waluigi is the only way to understand what waluigi is is understand what wario and luigi are because that's what Waluigi is. He's a combination of that. He is the opposite and then a reflection. Does that make sense? Like he he represents nothing. Like he yeah. his only existence is based on the existence of other people. He has no real substance to himself. Okay. I did a terrible job explaining that. <laughs> no, you didn't, but you really brought this show down. Yeah. <laughs> basically, we're the Waluigi of We're just yeah. we're nothing. We are we're, we, re- we represent we're nothing. We're garbage. And I'm Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, our guest for today's episode is Mama Rajan, as I call her, but Catherine. Catherine. Yes. Do you mind I call you Mama Rajan? I just think it's so catchy. She kind of does. Okay, I will never (laughs) call you. Look at that face. I know. I will never call you Mama Rajan. Very not okay with that. Is that the mom face you were referring to? That's part of the mom face, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently there are several. There are several. Versions. Okay, so uh, what's the what's the? Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. what? 
Oh, after that. Yeah, yeah. Right. after that. We Let's to... not forget this. Let's not forget. <laughs> I will not forget this time. <laughs> okay, so I just came up with this. Like I said, I don't know if it really works, but that's all that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. So if we were the Golden Girls. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, I would put Noosh as Rose. Rose is Which is the uh, Betty White's character. Oh, Betty White. Okay. Yeah. So you're Rose. Yeah. I could see that. You would be <laughs> you Blanche. Me, you would be Blanche. Ryan oh, my gosh. Blanche. He's Blanche. Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> the, the, only su- the Southern lady. Blanche is the one who sleeps around like, a lot. She would always have, like, boyfriends Dude, and stuff like God that. God damn, Nushi. You seriously <laughs> paint me as such a one-dimensional person. Because <laughs> I don't know. All you do is have sex. <laughs> I don't know so, why. Um, and the only reason why I chose Golden Girls is because I had to also, choose you know something what? for you as well. Whoa. So. Uh, careful with that. No, <laughs> but I mean, because at first we The can't... only reason I chose Golden Girls no. is because of you, Mom. <laughs> okay, let me finish my sentence. You're the goldenest of girls. Because what originally popped in my head of like, oh, what maybe could work would be everybody loves Raymond, but you were definitely not that mom because you were not crazy or in everybody's business and all of that. So I couldn't go with everybody loves so Raymond. So instead you decided I'm going to be insane. Who's insane in Golden Girls? The mother, I figure you're talking about. Well, yeah, but yeah. I don't know why she got to be the mother. She can be any character. It's based on. I the thought you were gonna uh, see. I thought you were gonna say yeah. uh, Dorothy. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. The few episodes that I have seen of Golden Girls, yeah, the mother is sassy and everything, but that is you. And then also, you know, like she's the matriarch, and you're the matriarch, and. I don't know. Never mind. And that would make me Dorothy. <laughs> You're so. so mean to your mom. I'm not being mean. <laughs> I didn't know what else to think of. Listen, I'm, I'm also kind of terrible. You were doing fine you got there. Shut up. I'm oh, also kind God. of terrible. I'm the you person who terrible. gives my mother bad translations, and I often tell her things just to, like, see her reaction. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm terrible in my own way. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad have, for your we mom, We all actually. have things that we yeah. do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm such a good son. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Perfect. Over At least here. I have been since my mom moved away. I yeah, I was gonna anymore. say like. <laughs> <laughs> but the one nice thing though about the fact that your mom and JB's mom are far away is I get to have these like Facebook relationships with them, where I get to see like, oh my gosh, your son, he got into trouble again. Like I get to have like this mom. I'm, you know, I don't get into trouble. I, I well, not you, I guess. Maybe JB. I mean, I I always have that, like, oh JB with his mom. <laughs> that is. That yeah. Home thing that's true I, i'm kind of working on that with your mom a little bit like a little <laughs> bit i'm trying i'm trying yeah. to get in you know what actually the, the funny thing is about my mom is i don't think there's anything that you could tell her that i did <laughs> that she would accept as truth over her own like picture of image of, of me yeah. yeah really even though she listens to this show even though she yeah <laughs> well she doesn't really listen to this show Hi, Mom, if you do. But, you know, she listened when my brother was on, and then I think that was it. Dude, <laughs> she I, watches I, our videos. I'm not going to lie. When your brother was on, that was, like, the highest gr- like l- yeah. number of, like, listeners yeah. we had. Like, yeah, he, got, of... he got the Utah crowd involved. We and... had a whole other state of people listening. No. <laughs> Briefly, we burned some I'm, I'm nostalgic for Justin's return. Um, but, Catherine, tell us about yourself. What is... Tell us. <laughs> Sorry, because she always hates this. Stuff. She doesn't like being in the spotlight or anything like that. So that's why I'm cracking up because she's making that face. And <laughs> yeah, another so, mom face. So tell us, tell yes. us about yourself. Oh, mom. really? And where <laughs> shall I begin? <laughs> no, actually, I had the question about. I noticed sitting oh, yeah. here that you had. Uh, why was there? You were the only oh, person. Man, you're with about a little, to get roasted. Oh <laughs> no, my fine. gosh! No, I own it. I own it. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't a own a bottle that. of Purell. Because I noticed you didn't use it before you went to. 
out of the room. Mm-hmm. When you came back, you'd already been touching everything. Right. And then you came back, and then you put that on again. So it's like... There, there's no actual rhyme or reason to my usage of Purell. This is the station's Purell. And, mm. um, I, well, I'm, I'm misophobic. So I... You're what? Uh, like germs. Oh, germophobic? Germophobic. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called mysophobia. Oh, yeah, mysophobic. Okay. So, uh... It I doesn't mean, make a lot of sense, though. Why? The w- the way that you deal with it or the thing... The, yeah. Like, your own weird logic. Right, or no, like it's true. Your, your nooshisms behind... Yeah. Your There's mysophobia no real... makes zero sense. It does. I, yeah. I, he's been to my house. He knows. I mean, I treat my room like it's a clean room where basically, like, uh, I, I mean, I can't wear slippers or shoes or anything inside my room. I have to be barefoot. But I will wear slippers everywhere else because my assumption is that the rest of the house cannot be nearly as clean as my <laughs> own room. Even though, I actually, I, I clean the house. I, 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 I'm always vacuuming. I'm using the deep cleaner. I'm dusting. I'm wiping. I do everything. But I still feel like it's not as clean as my own room. So I he also to... he has a pair of slippers for yeah. the kitchen area and the garage. I was gonna say, do you hand out like booties has... to put over people's shoes as no. they walk through? No, and that's the thing. <laughs> but I do His... request people to remove their shoes when they enter. Yeah, okay. yeah. But what I'm saying, as yeah. far as your I weird stop doing logical thing, is that I take my shoes off when I go in your house. Yeah. Then I walk around inside your right. house. You know, living yeah, yeah. room, kitchen, wherever. Yeah. And then I go to your room. Yeah. And. I'm already I'm already breaching your clean room. Like I don't I have slippers. I don't take my Ryan. socks off when I go in there. Now you put that into his head. No, 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 no. no, no. no that's ha- the thing. That's the thing. He knows this. Like yeah. he understands all these things. I have a solution to that about himself. I have a solution. You're no to longer that. allowed in his no. room. You mop after he leaves. No matter what, Ryan is always welcome in my house. In my room, and by the way, this does sound weird. I was gonna say in my bed, but not when I'm in it. <laughs> not when I'm in the bed too. But he's welcome to my and bed. And on sitting always. on your toilet, I'm allowed. And to do yes, that as well. of course, yeah. of course. Even after the incident, everything that I own, Ryan has the right to use as well. What did you just I was say? Like, what <laughs> incident? The not incident in the Philippines when I destroyed oh, your toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I left, yeah. But I mean, he didn't tell me, so that's yeah. he's a good friend. He, yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't do that to you. I you know, had man. nowhere else to go. <laughs> I, I had nowhere else to go in the whole country. Yeah. Exactly, but uh, but I mean, I'm gonna tell you something. Right? I hope, I hope this isn't a problem. This is about to ruin our relationship. I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like you're gonna think I'm either crazy. Like here's the thing: if I leave it as is, then you'll just think Noosh is crazy. He he lets me walk in his room and he doesn't realize I'm breaching the safe zone. But the the reality is, whenever I have guests in my room and then they leave. I vacuum and I deep clean my room. <laughs> that's what I just of said. course, I have to. I thoroughly do, and you know that's that's a necessity. Your germs aren't good enough for his. No, room. no, wow. his germs are better than my germs. <laughs> Don't ever say that about Ryan. <laughs> but I, 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 my here's you know here's the thing is Catherine. I if I walk Appeal outside, to the mother. I, I when I walk outside. Well, she asked the question. <laughs> well, not really. I just talked about that. But anyway, oh. go ahead. When I walk outside, this turned into like psychology news. Uh, I. I, I I have to take a shower. I can't. I mean, once I walk outside and have the outside air touching me, I can't go back in my room. I have to shower and then go back in my room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You also, uh, that towel thing. I think the towel thing, thing? when you used to swim and you stopped swimming because you couldn't put your towel where you wanted to put your towel in your house. That to me was, (laughs) and you you even told me, like, when you were telling me the story. Before you, you gave me a warning. Like, listen, I know this is, this makes no sense. Yeah. This makes no sense. But I, this is how I feel comfortable. Yeah. And that's when I was like, Nusha's, <laughs> yeah. he's misophobic, but he also has this weird, he's got a weird. I have rules. Or logic. Well, I mean, one of the things about me is I create rules. Like, like 
like dick pic etiquette. Like <laughs> I create rules. Yeah, and then on those how to and then those things. rules. Yeah, supersede. Like they they yeah. they matter more than the truth. I mean, actually, they matter more yes. than the, the laws of nature. I was actually telling a friend of mine that like one of the things about me as a person is whenever I find out like rules, like rules of school or rules of you know outside rules, external rules. Yeah my first compunction is to break them. Like, I always feel this desire to break any rule I come across, except my own. But my, my own my own compulsion I is, my own I gotta rules. make, I, I, I feel this need to give my life structure with by creating rules for myself, but I wanna break everybody else's rules. So I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell this towel thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, I don't think I have. But uh, for a while, Nusha was swimming. As a yeah, gotta get ex- back into that for exercise. Okay, because um, he doesn't want to go to the gym, and he wanted to do something more than running. Right. So he's like, I'm gonna swim, and he did for a little while. I mean, I should tell you the truth. The whole reason that I wanted to swim is because in the main song for the movie Hamlet, uh, not Hamlet, uh, Hamlet Two, uh, with uh, Steve Coogan. Yeah. Uh, there's that part where he says he's got a swimmer's bod like nobody, dude. And I thought to myself, huh, I'd like to get a swimmer's bod like nobody, dude. <laughs> go on <laughs> just made it so much better <laughs> so anyway he's swimming and uh, he has this like really specific thing where like the towel that he used for swimming is he would like hang it in his sister's room to dry that's where okay. he would keep his towel and uh where was the pool oh it was like a at, where was it like at a gym or like a public thing? It, it was the torrance city hall like it's, it's a city pool yeah which He's okay. I mean, there's chlorine, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very well-maintained, like, it's a clean, very clean pool. Good facility. You know, you can shower there. It's good. Cool. All right. So, did you shower there? <laughs> I did. Okay. So, you would swim, take a shower, and this yeah. was with two separate towels, right? Or was it just the one? I, okay. I would take one towel. Right. One towel for the pool, one yeah. towel for No, I would shower. take one towel to the, the pool. Uh-huh. Just one towel. I would go swim, dry myself off. And then, you know, shower with, like, the water to get, like, you know, the chlorine off. Right. And then I would I, – I'm sorry. I wouldn't dry myself off. I get out of the pool and I shower. Okay. And then I dry myself off. Then you dry off. yourself off. Okay. And then I drive home. <laughs> and then – What? Dude, I can't he, even finish this. And then he, I, Then I take another shower. <laughs> because the I – mean, I, I, mean, I mean, come on. I'm outside. When I go in my house, I got to take a shower. And then I use my house So he has towel. another towel for the shower at his right, house. Right. But the problem is – So – but he can't he can't have the two towels together. So he can't hang his pool towel in his room where he keeps his shower it's towel. It's my safe zone. And he can't he he definitely cannot hang the any towel in the yeah. bathroom cuz people shit in there or whatever. So he was hanging his pool towel in his sister's room. Yeah. Then he had what was it like a cousin or something? Uh yeah, I mean, well I had a guest stay at our house and then my cousin. Yeah. Okay, so, so a guest and then a cousin were staying there. Yeah. And they were staying in his sister's room, and all of a sudden he's like, "I can't swim anymore," and I'm like, "Why?" Well, because I have nowhere to hang my towel. <laughs> so I was like, "Okay." <laughs> By the way, before I said that, I said, "Listen, this doesn't sound crazy," and then I said that. Yeah. So then he told me he explained the whole situation, yeah. and I was like, "All right, so you can't hang the towel in your room. You can't hang the towel in the bathroom. You have like this railing here. You have all these other places." He's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, because I've already made the rule that it goes in my <laughs> sister's room, yeah. and it can't go there now, because there's another person in there, and I was like, well, why can't it just still go in there? Yeah. It can't, okay. it, because it's going to be in, have other people's 
Oh, I mean, I can't walk into somebody's room and be like, I'm going to put my towel up here. Like, listen, that's explain to them. You know, and but I you can't. are already doing that because it's your sister's room. The Ex- room doesn't belong to you. Oh, my sister doesn't live oh, at the house anymore. There. She's gone. I mean, it's oh, my okay. sister's room, quote, unquote, okay. but it's, I mean, she's gone. So. It's an oh. empty room. Yeah. It's an empty okay. room. It's a storage room. Okay. Yeah. It's a towel room. <laughs> it's a towel room. <laughs> So that's yeah, that's noosh. I mean, I have all <laughs> kinds of weird things about me like that. I, I mean, like for example, like um, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna say something really crazy. Does this sound crazy? But you know Crazier what? Crazier than the towel thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's okay. You know why? We just have to embrace the aspects of ourselves that are difficult to embrace, overcome them, become better people, grow. Yeah, but you're never gonna that's... do any of that. <laughs> you're gonna embrace it, and just that's the way it is, because that's a rule in your life now. Okay, for example, um, if, let's say, no, I'm not. No, you got to do it now. Well, okay, okay, let's, I have like a hamper for my like dirty clothes, right? All right. So let's say I'm like walking by, this actually kind of happened like today. But, um, <laughs> That's why it popped into his head. <laughs> I was walking by the hamper mm-hmm. and my pant, my short actually. That you were wearing? That I was wearing. Okay grazed the oh, hamper jesus <laughs> effing h christ and I, I i promise you i didn't take a shower i didn't take a shower yeah, but you're saying that that clothes that your shorts were now absolutely i can't tainted it was disgusting they immediately had to be removed i removed and put it in the immediately and then i put on new shorts because man. i mean i mean oh, but yeah the dirty clothes are on the inside of the basket right oh it's one of those mesh like it's ones. still on the inside. It's, it's like okay. a webby. You know, it's like the webby yeah. mesh. Yeah. It doesn't matter to I him. mean, there's those openings. There's openings where some portion of my pant could have touched some portion <laughs> of whatever was in there. And but where do you keep your hamper? In my sister's room. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Actually, by the way, the towel that we used to take... That I used to keep in my own room, I've actually booted it out <laughs> into the like door in front of my room. That way, it can be out. Because I, I just thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm drying myself off with my towel, and I mean, who knows where it's been? I mean, it's on well, me. You know where who it's knows? been. Yeah. <laughs> it's been on you immediately after you get out of a shower. I want. You, by the way, listen. I want you to know something about myself. Okay, one other thing. I know how crazy I am because when this happened, when that, that pant, that short, grazed that hamper, I stopped and I said, no, not again. <laughs> this is where I actually told myself, this is where I draw the line. And, and, and then you proceeded it. to change I'm your pants. Not, yes, I'm, I told myself I'm not doing this. I told myself, okay, calm down, Noosh. Just whew, walk back in there, sit on the couch. The couch is like the ultimate safe zone. That is like the ultimate like, this is where I sit when I am clean. Clean. <laughs> I told myself I'm going to go back and sit on that couch because, and I, it was like a pep talk, like, because I am going to be okay and normal. And then I was like, but I can't. And then the pants came, or the shorts came right off. Oh, my God. Man, so having kids is going to be a major challenge yeah. for you. Yeah, it is. That's going to be fun. <laughs> With all of the things going on at the same you know time. What? You know what, though? I feel like you'll rationalize it somehow. Yeah. To yourself. You'll be like, well, it's clean shit because it, it's only been inside of this person who's also <laughs> my person. Like, that's myself. In a way, that's own, my it's own just, shit. It's, it is. It's my own shit. I'm just cleaning my own, <laughs> listen, my own self, listen, which I do the, all the time. The worst and maybe the best thing that can ever happen, though, you is have a that clean ass baby. <laughs> I'm going to be the person who gives my child 
the same psychological illness I clearly have, and then they'll be as clean as me, and then we can be crazy people together. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta find a you know a partner who's uh, listen. Who's I, okay? I, with I, all I think that. the way this is gonna go down is uh, it's gonna be listen. I need one room of the house to myself. Don't ask why, and nobody goes in there ever. I don't know if that's Probably. possible. That's probably what you have to do. So, today's episode <laughs> is not, surprisingly, not about no. Nusha's psychological problems. Uh, but but there, we can do an episode about that. But, uh, you know, by the way, we told ourselves... <laughs> that could probably be a two-parter. <laughs> we, we told ourselves that we're going to start this show earlier so we can, like, get to the point. Because people listen to this show for about 15 minutes, let's say. And when we don't get to the point, they're just like, what is this? And then they leave, I imagine. I don't know. But... Or so they now hear, it's just us. Or they yeah. hear us in general and they're like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, no hey, thanks. by the way, though, I mean, even though we had a huge dip in the previous episode um, a few weeks ago, it was like 92 listeners. Listen, whatever. man, we shouldn't be talking about this on oh. here. I don't want people to know how unpopular we are. <laughs> Good point. Okay, so today's episode topic we're popular is now. actually, we're, we're, we're huge, huge. We have our own award show. <laughs> the topic for today is awards. That's huh. yeah. nice segue, Ryan. Thanks. Bring up the awards show that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That so, was, okay. So well done. <laughs> uh, so let's begin. So the, the topic today is awards, right? Yes. Um, so I'm going to describe something to you guys, okay? And um, you tell me if it sounds familiar. Okay. So during an election year, the Republican candidate, the, the Republican candidates for president are especially heated, right? The, the, the yeah. race for the Republican nomination is it's heated. One candidate is a long shot and miraculously wins the nomination at the Republican National Convention. He runs his election campaign on a platform of America first, anti-immigration and anti-Semitism. He wins the election over a war hawk and controversial Democratic candidate due to strong Midwest and Southern support. Follow so far? Yeah. As a result of his election, white supremacy is on the rise in America and murders of immigrants and Jewish people increases. Then rumors and a scandal erupts that there were relationships between the president and a foreign power during the election campaign. Uh, the, the president in this story that I'm telling you is, a compromise, is compromised and controlled by a foreign leader. That's the rumor. So this sounds familiar, I'm sure, to some no, capacity. I've never heard anything <laughs> like this at all in my life. Uh, this story is actually it's a novel called The Plot Against America, and it was written in 2004 by Philip Roth. So Philip Roth, uh, by the way, the, uh, the person running, the Republican who ran this campaign, the story, is Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> and uh, he won the, 19, the story, won the 1940 election against FDR uh, on, on, on this whole campaign of we're not going to war. Like, no, FDR's a war hawk. We're not going to war. Um, and the rumors in the story were that Lindbergh had a relationship with Hitler. That, okay. was, the, that was the thing. So... I'm, I'm talking of the Nobel Prize for literature, okay? <laughs> okay? So here's the thing about the Nobel Committee and, and the U.S. as a whole, right? So the committee likes to focus a lot on Eurocentric literature, and it views American literature as too narrow and short-sighted. Like, there's, like, commissioners in the committee who've said, like, oh, yeah, American literature is too, you know, short-sighted and not global in scope. Yeah. And, I mean, there, there's been many you know, laureates from America for literature. But that's their opinion, though, the committee. Um, and they don't really focus as much on literature outside of Europe or America. And out of 113 laureates, 101 have come from Western countries. So literally 12 are from, like, Asia, Africa, and South America. Mm. 
On the other hand, Americans like to win. Uh, every time the the Nobel uh, Prize is about to be announced, there's a lot of like American push, like oh, we gotta get the American to win this one, that sort of thing. And there's always indignation afterwards because it's always in a lot of these situations, especially for literature, it's always going to be this author that no Americans heard of because it's never been translated yeah. to English, never been brought here, that sort of thing. Um, often the winners, yeah, it's it's uh, not translated to English. So Philip Roth, Philip Roth is the writer of that book, uh, The Plot Against America. Has anybody read his work? I yeah. haven't either, but he's like a prolific writer. He's been in the, you know, he's been writing for like 50 years, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, one of those who they're always saying ought to win the Nobel Prize this year, that sort of thing. I mean, actually, not only do they say he should win the Nobel Prize every year, he says he should win the Nobel <laughs> Prize every year. He's expected the Nobel Prize for the over 50 years. He's the Leonardo um, DiCaprio of the <laughs> literary Nobel literary Prize. World. Right. Um, he wrote a book, in fact. I mean, oftentimes he writes characters that are similar to his own worldview, and he's written a book about a writer protagonist who won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> um, he feels compelled... If you write it, it will be true. <laughs> he feels compelled all the time to write and congratulate the winners every year uh, for the, the prize in literature, and he also kind of says something to slightly guilt-shame them. Like, he says things like, like, uh, spare a moment to think of this other, you know, like he, like himself. Like, spare a moment to think of the writers who didn't win this year. That sort of thing. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so here's the thing. that The story goes that every year he goes to his literary agent's office in New York, and he waits for the phone call, right? <laughs> because 30 minutes before the announcement, they always call the winners for science, for peace, for mm-hmm. literature. He goes to his literary agent's office and just waits for the phone call. And every year... It doesn't come, and he drives back to Connecticut disappointed, and, and people say every year the Nobel Prize Committee purposely avoids giving him the award just to troll him, just because they <laughs> know he's at that office waiting for the prize. So uh, this year, for, or not for this, sorry, not this year, last year, when it was announced, 2016, uh, it's not announced for this year yet, uh, for 2016, the two most talked about people who were set to win the Nobel Prize for Literature were Philip Roth mm-hmm. and Haruki Murakami, who Haruki Murakami is my favorite writer of all time. That he name is, sounds familiar. Is ha- it the tattoo girl with the tattoo dragon? No. No, no. He he wrote the Wind Up Bird Chronicles and okay. uh, a few other. He, he's a Japanese writer, but yeah. his work has been translated the world over. He's a like a surrealist. Okay. Uh, but he's like he's my favorite author. Like I I'm like yeah that guy should definitely win. But Haruki Murakami is the kind of person who doesn't care. He's just like, I, I mean, actually, to be honest with you, he's the kind of person who would feel kind of like, ah, oh, I don't want this. Like, this is this is too much pressure. Like, this is, <laughs> I, I never asked for this. So he doesn't really care about this whole thing. Um, Philip Roth wants it. He wants it bad. So this last year, the last time it was announced, 2016, the committee, people say the committee gave the ultimate troll to Philip Roth sitting in that office waiting for the call and all of Philip Roth's fans who want him to win. The committee gave the Nobel Prize for Literature to Bob Dylan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and what they said is they gave it to a singer, songwriter, for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. So they basically just said he's a poet who he just don't happens know it. to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They actually described him as being like uh like shakespeare like they said shakespeare was like this legendary brilliant writer but he didn't write he did stage theater he he used the common man's you know medium but yet he didn't show up for the award didn't he for quite a while for who dylan oh i don't know about I that part. that was I the didn't... thing i mean you mentioned about the, mm-hmm. who, who did the the other writer who didn't really care said well and dylan didn't show up for 
a while to to pick up the award. I, up I the didn't award. know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, which, which must have been even more of an insult. Yeah. To Philip Roth would have been on a plane. <laughs> he would have been on a plane the moment he got the call. Yeah. Actually, what the uh, the article said is that Philip Roth actually has a um, like a vague guideline of the press conferences he's going to have if he gets the call. Like basically, he knows exactly who he's calling. Okay, it's on. So it's he's on. fully prepared. He's wow. fully prepared for for the moment. Yeah. Um, by the way, the committee actually on the topic of the whole Shakespeare thing, the low the low medium, right, the common man's medium. The committee basically says that Bob Dylan embodies not just the high traditions of the likes of John Milton and William Blake, but also the low traditions of, of Appalachian folk songs and Delta blues in the South. Like, they view that as the low wow. stuff. Theater is the low, lowbrow stuff. They're, they're kind of full of it. <laughs> yeah, well, and well most, most award <laughs> committees kind of are. Yeah, from what I... What I've seen. So that's it. <laughs> that's that, I know. You know what? I actually thought you were going to say like, what? well, now because this election is mirroring his book. Oh gonna... no, no. Actually, that's what. That's the reason. Well, I, I should have mentioned why I mentioned that story. Wow. One of the reasons why everybody was saying he's got to win it this year is because the book he wrote over, you know, almost 13, 14 years ago is like is like a mirror of what's happening, happening now. now. Yeah. You know what? I almost was going to say, like, I wonder if Trump read that, but he didn't. There's no way. He no. I don't think read. he knows what a book is. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> anyway. I'll, I'll mention my other story after, but that's... By the way, I want to tell you guys, I, I feel really uncomfortable because of the fact that... Because it's not, like, a huge, long... <laughs> I, I feel it feels 45 weird. minute I mean, like, epic I'm story. I'm used to telling long. That's my thing. That's what I do. I tell long winded stories that have like a punchline like, at the end. And, yeah. Like, and I just told like a seven show. minute like <laughs> nothing. Like I feel hollow inside right now. <laughs> no, it helps you come to get a balance so that you can. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess you could say that, that it, mom it helps me to accept disappointment and failure. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jump as opposed to improvement and. Something I mean, that would be more. You know, the problem is with the world. The world doesn't have enough long-winded. You know, the problem is with Noosh is it doesn't matter what anyone <laughs> says or what the world needs. I, say, I didn't realize that need. was a, a a gaping hole in the universe. <laughs> is not I, having enough of those. Or maybe what I need is a way to find these stories quicker. Because I mean, it's just so hard to sift through all the other stories. Or well, like in the beginning of what you're talking about, I mean, get to the point quicker. There's uh, nothing that, wrong with that. That's absolutely <laughs> not what I do. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm incapable. Catherine is roasting you. Right <laughs> no, no. I want to say she is. Just, just because it makes you uncomfortable. Astrid, oh. your son's being mean to me. She's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk about my thing then. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about the very first Academy Awards. Okay. So the very first Academy Awards was in 1929. The ceremony lasted. A whole 15 minutes which nice. is very different uh, from you know how it is now there were only uh, 300 voters like 250 to 300 voters uh, and how many are there now like a lot there's a lot a lot, a lot now um, and they had to choose either a best actor or actress there's just one category mm. um, and they almost picked a dog <laughs> uh, so <laughs> people were mostly voting for the most influential and popular actor at the time, who was Rin Tin Tin, a dog. Uh, to be fair, he was really popular. I mean, uh, so much so that whenever a studio was having like financial issues, they just started pumping out dog movies with Rin Tin Tin. 
uh, I mean, people, they loved him. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, still silent film era. The okay. talkies were like kind of about to start happening. And so, I mean, maybe it was just he was good for those because, you know, he doesn't talk. So he just – and also, you know, you go to the movies, watch a dog do some stuff. It was a different time. Come out, <laughs> love your dog more. Like, oh, man, I really love my dog. Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. So uh, he was he was like going to win. Uh, but the Academy really wanted to make this award like a serious, yeah. really like – to set Big the precedent. Deal. Yeah, so like we can't we can't fucking give this to a dog. There's no way. That's crazy. <laughs> so they had a second round of voting with no dogs allowed. <laughs> uh, and so it was between uh, like four guys. Charlie Chaplin was one of them, but they took him out for some reason. He wasn't in there. They gave him some like honorable mention kind of thing. Um, and eventually they gave it to uh, Emil Janning, who is a German actor. That everyone, including himself, assumed he was like no longer going to have a career in Hollywood. Now that there was so, be what you're saying is movies. from the beginning, the Academy has been always been picking the you know, choices, the movies, the oh, yeah. actors that oh, nobody on. really cares about. Come on, of course. Yeah. <laughs> from the beginning, things have not changed. <laughs> things have not changed at all for them. Uh, but so they picked this guy, and uh, even he was like, well. I'm not going to be doing this anymore. I'm, like, I'm going to real Hollywood. estate, actually. Well, no, he wasn't. He wanted to keep acting, but because now that they were going to actually hear the actors on screen, and he had a really thick German accent, he was like, my career is over. Like, I can't make movies in America anymore because no one's going to watch my shit. So he took his award, and he went home. The very first statue, first Academy Award statue went to Germany, and, like, he took it there, mm-hmm. and it stayed there. Uh, then he... A couple of years later, went on to do, you know, he kept acting in Germany. He had a couple films. Then from 1934 to 1945, he, he started making Nazi propaganda movies. <laughs> uh, and so that was his big thing is he just, he just became a Nazi, making Nazi movies. Uh, then after 1945, when there was no longer a market for Nazi movies, he, uh, he got banned from acting. So he can't do that anymore. And then he died in 1950 from cancer. So, I mean... An uplifting story, thank you. They, yeah, they, uh, they gave the first Academy Award to a Nazi. Actually, I just realized something. They picked a German guy over a German shepherd, German dog. <laughs> maybe, maybe Rin Tin Tin was also a Nazi. But, I mean, he just, you know, he never said anything well, about it. Well, he wasn't least. a Nazi at the time they gave it to him, so... I guess, but I mean, are you ever not? If you're a Nazi, aren't you like always kind of a Nazi? So all Germans were Nazis even before the Nazi party existed? No, I'm not saying all Germans are Nazis. I'm saying if you subscribe to their... You're talking whole, about after the fact. After he went back to Germany and went to do when he went to Germany, he When he went to Germany sure. and he was like, hey, you know what I really should start doing is making movies for Nazis well, and talking he, about how much has, I hate because Jews. Because he has sympathies for it. So or therefore he, it must have been always kind of with him since he's... I'm saying... You know, or I'm he saying, was given an offer he couldn't refuse. You're here now and this is what you're going to do. Uh, I <laughs> because guess, they did quite I guess, a bit of that But he, he was like the a world big is more actor than and he had a lot of money. I mean, he could have just been like, no thanks guys, I don't want to, you know, make well, no, but that's what I'm saying. movies so about because talking, he killing Jews. became and, a Nazi... I think what you're getting at is because he became a Nazi, that's showing that he's always had kind of sympathies towards that. So that's part of his Either character. that or 
Yeah, I mean, I either that's... that or he's just like, okay, I don't care, I'll kill Jews, yeah. whatever. That's cool with me. I'll <laughs> or, he's make... a, or he's a coward and he just did out of fear. Same thing. Yeah. Either he was afraid or he didn't care or he hated Jewish people and all of those things were pretty bad. They were all of the above. <laughs> in that particular time frame. Like, none of those were good things to have going on for yourself. The world would have been a different place if the dog got it. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, maybe the Academy actually would have, like, saved the world that way. You know, maybe the guy wouldn't have made the movies. They would have had a lot less support. Yeah. Maybe. Thanks, Academy Awards. (laughs) You killed so many people. Uh, Yeah. So That was it. I'm telling you that we are going to be done with this so fast because, (laughs) I mean, no. I mean, I'm. We won't go over. I mean, we won't, but we're going to be way We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. happens. Yeah. So, okay, I've got, I've got a second story. So that was a wonderful tale of the first Academy Awards. This is my story of something related to the 31st Academy Awards. Aw. It's related. So I want to talk about Lana Turner, okay? Are you guys okay. familiar with her? Yeah, I know the name. You're familiar? Yep. Do you see her movies? I haven't seen her movies. I've seen some, yeah. You've seen some of her movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. There might be moments where I say things where you might want to spoil something. Just, just, just don't spoil some things. If, if I'm tr- if I'm being coy about certain people or certain things, go with the coyness because you know more than us then because we haven't seen the movies. But yeah, all right, here we go. Here's a story. Here's the thing. Yeah. So Lana Turner. By the way, if you know things I don't know about her, fill in because I I only have. So but be careful. Well, I don't know. I just said you just said. <laughs> I know you just gave us this whole warning. I, I about... want you to walk on this minefield with confidence. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, she's a Hollywood starlet in 1937 who was discovered sipping a Coke on the corner of Sunset and Highland. She was ditching school that day. Nice. She was 16. And they spied her and they're like, oh man, like, actually. You look pretty cute no. sipping that soda. What they said to her was act? really creepy. Apparently, they walked up to her and said, hey, hey girl, you want to be in the pictures? <laughs> and she's just like, uh, the, well, the story goes that she said, like, I have to ask my mother. <laughs> Oh man, Hollywood! You were well. Real we, it was a very famous uh, soda fountain place. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that the Schweppes name of it. or something. It's something like that. Like, I forget the name. Yeah. Of it. it starts with an S, like an SH sound. Yeah, that it, it is famous. Yeah, it is a famous place. So okay, so this is the girl, by the way, who popularized that whole tight sweaters, sexy look in Hollywood. Remember that whole thing where these busty women were these really tight yeah. sweaters, and it's like really busty in the sweaters. <laughs> no one could see what he just did. I, <laughs> He really motioned. Maybe the, you should uh, boot back up the, Facebook Live. <laughs> I'm trying to give an image. So anyway, it's it's tight sweaters, girl. Yeah, she popularized that in the 40s. Uh, she had a B17. Is that why they approached her? <laughs> Maybe, probably. The whole I mean, blonde that, bombshell thing. I mean, by back then, I guess it was okay to approach 16 year olds and say things like that. It you was know? the common phrase, yes. Yeah. Common pickup line. You want to be in the picture? That's right. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay, so uh, she was she had a B seventeen flying fortress named after her during World War Two. Uh, and by the way, some people actually say that she was like sort of like the Britney Spears at that time because she was like the in this context, right? That she was like this young, sexy starlet who had the whole innocence thing kind of going for mm-hmm. her, which is kind of what Britney Spears had when she was first coming out. She had like the yeah. sexy innocence when thing she first, going on when she first yeah. came out. I mean, when she was like nineteen or eighteen or whatever. Yeah. Um, she became a huge star in the film The Postman Always Rings Twice because she played her main role as a femme fatale and she got popular for playing those roles eventually. She has a history of having torrid love affairs with men who just use her. You're nodding your head like, yeah, that's, 
that's what I remember. So I want to mention um, this is the person that I want you to be coy about. Okay, so th- there's another actor <laughs> named Tommy. Okay, so Tommy was just a working class actor just getting by. When Tommy was born, his family had no place to let him sleep, so they laid him in a drawer. Like that's where they had to let him because they had no like you know cradle or anything for him, right? Uh, Tommy became a muscular lad who everybody referred to him in his neighborhood as Big Tom. Uh, Tom is in T A M, like they you know. Big Tom. Big Tom. He's from he's from Edinburgh, Scotland. So uh. Big Tom. So uh, his father got it's, sick. That's not a Scottish accent though. Well, that's what they called him, Big Tom. Okay, I, I don't know, man. It's maybe like Boston. It, dude, maybe yeah, I was thinking Boston. <laughs> maybe that's just how I sound when I say it. Okay, <laughs> maybe a Scottish person sounds different or better. <laughs> I told you guys I'm not good with accents. So um, his father got sick, so he worked odd jobs as a machinist, a coffin polisher. A new- <laughs> Listen, hold on. Odd jobs. You don't just breeze by coffin polisher. That's a really odd job. Hey, listen, Tom, just come in here and just wipe down these coffins. Wipe down these coffins. And uh, also he was a nude figure for painters at one point. <laughs> He, man, he when, went real odd. I mean, when your jobs. father's sick, you do what you got to make some money, you know? Um, <laughs> Clean these coffins and get <laughs> naked. I mean, he cleans the coffins first, and then he goes to the school or whatever, and then he gets naked. I mean, I'm assuming. Or maybe he likes to multitask. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> maybe he gets in the coffins naked and maybe. lets them paint him. And yeah. yeah. All for art. He cleans them naked. <laughs> it's like some like fetish thing. It's an art installation. So he cares a lot about money because his family never had any. And apparently there's one story where when he became an actor, he asked about the wages he was going to be paid. And a producer says, I-, I don't know. It doesn't really concern me. And Tom says, well, it concerns me. <laughs> yeah, I would say that too. What do you mean it doesn't concern you, bro? <laughs> and Big Tam, I need my money. <laughs> Where's my money? Um, so... Another thing about Big Tom is that, you know, in between all these odd jobs he's doing, his, his gigs as being an actor, he also would get into fights with the local gangs. And when I say gangs, I mean, like, the gangs from, like, um, oh, what's that movie? West Side with, Story. West Side Story. <laughs> no. N- n- the other part of West Side Story, which is the Leonardo DiCaprio, what's that movie called? Um, with Leonardo DiCaprio? Or you mean the, the one Gangs with, of New York. I was going to say oh, Gangs of New York. I was York. like, it's like the, Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> I thought you were, yeah. Before no, you said Mar- Leonardo DiCaprio, the Capulets like, and the Montagues. No, it's the, it's that yeah. era. It's the era of the, you know, not that era, but that, that type yeah. of gang, right? The, the, the Gangs of New York style gangs, right? So he would get into these like Lewis. fights. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. So he'd get into these fights and scuffles because they try to rob him, and he'd like fight back. He wouldn't, you know, he money's important to him, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't You're give not up. Taking shit. Uh, apparently, there's a story that at one point uh, they tried to rob him, and he wound up. I don't know how. He probably ran at first, but he wound up on top of a building with six guys with knives and like clubs coming at him, and he fought them all off, and he like <laughs> beat the crud out of them. And apparently, from then Did on, he throw some people off. <laughs> Maybe no, I don't think so. <laughs> but like, uh, but it is the main thing I like. I like that afterwards the gangs, even though they still try to rob him every once in a while, just just because you know they're gangs, they got a, they got the reputation. But they always, they always said that you know you, you gotta respect Big Tom. He's a hard man. <laughs> like they knew him as a hard man. So it's 1957. Lana was in a torrid love affair with a rough businessman named John Steele. You know this story. You're nodding your head. Oh, you know this story. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so she's in a, 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 a torrid love affair with this businessman named John Steele. By the way, John Steele is like a – that's a name right there. 
Well, in reality, though, he was a mobster named Johnny Stompanato. <laughs> he was known to his friends as Johnny Stomp. I, well, of course, his name's <laughs> Stompanato. Uh, he had a reputation for getting rough with starlets. Apparently, one time, Frank Sinatra once begged Johnny's mob boss, Mickey Cohen, to ask Johnny to leave Ava Gardner alone. By the way, I really love this time period only because all the mobsters have such good names. <laughs> Nobody has names like that anymore. Mickey Cohen, Johnny Stampinato. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, Stampinato's a great <laughs> name for a mobster. <laughs> I feel like it's like the Joe Pesci of names, you know? It's very literal. Yeah. So um, Johnny was a He's extre- basically just clamps. I'm going to get stumped. Uh. So, uh, Johnny was extremely jealous of Lana, and when, and, J- and Lana was um, eventually Tommy landed a role opposite possessive of her, right? Possessive okay. of her. I was uh, like, what's he jealous of? Like her yeah. acting career? <laughs> <laughs> Stop getting all these roles. <laughs> Those tight sweaters are for me. <laughs> um, Tommy eventually got a, a role opposite of Lana Turner in a movie um, called Another Time and Another Place. So Johnny was extremely jealous of Lana. So when he heard tabloid rumors about the steamy affair between Lana and Tommy on the set of the movie, he flew to England to confront her. And uh, what he did was he he went onto the set of the movie and he pulls a gun on Lana and Tommy and he says, get your hands off her, like that. And uh, Stompanato, though, doesn't know that Tommy spent his entire young life fighting gangs in Edinburgh. (laughs) So Tommy grabs Stompanato's, or Johnny's wrist, twists the gun out of his hand, and then decks him so hard he knocks Johnny out. Nice. Uh, Then skip ahead a few months to April 1958. Stompanato and Lana are still together because, you know, bad relationships never change, and you stay with somebody even if they're possessive sometimes, so things happen. So she's still with him. Uh, Stompanato goes to the home of Lana and her 15-year-old daughter, Cheryl, and he yells at Lana and threatens to cut her face so she can never be a star again. And at this point, Cheryl grabs a knife from the kitchen and she waits outside the bedroom door. And when Johnny walks out of the bedroom after beating on Lana, he accidentally walks into the knife several times. (laughs) (laughs) And he dies. (laughs) Whoops. So, So the aftermath of this is that Cheryl goes on trial for murder <laughs> as, but as it was an accident <laughs> it was an ac- that's what they Self they defense. stuck with that it was an accident <laughs> um tommy goes into hiding because mickey cohen is so upset about this whole johnny's murder and you know this whole like well he, he he says that tommy has some kind of relationship to that whole thing this his whole role in that so tommy goes into hiding because mickey cohen puts a hit on his life and uh, he was, and apparently Mickey Cohen's gang says, you know, you better leave L.A. You better never come back to this place. Um, Tommy, though, was more concerned about Walt Disney firing him from a role <laughs> he just landed in this movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. So he's more concerned about the money that he's really trying to get. So um, Lana, uh, in defense of her child, gives the performance of her life. This is the you know the same year that they had the Academy Awards. So uh, she didn't win, by the way, the 31st Academy Awards for Best Actress. She did not win that. I forgot we were talking about the Academy Awards. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I was going to say, there's an award in here somewhere. Yeah, right? there is. Yeah, <laughs> okay. She was up for the nomination for the Best Actress for a movie called uh, Peyton... Uh, Peyton Place? 
Peyton Place. Yes, she was she was for, she was up for Best Actress for Peyton Place, but she didn't get it. But some people jokingly say that she should have got it because the performance she gave in defense of her daughter, like this, like this is the quote that or that this is the quote that d- describes what she did. So as she answered the questions. She stared down. I want you to imagine this. Talking about when she testified at the when she testified, right? Uh, I want you to imagine this as one of those black and white movies, kind (laughs) because that's what it kind of feels like when I read it. As she answered the questions, she stared down at her twisting hands, uh, or out of her hands at the spectators, as though mumbling the details of an incredible nightmare. The actress closed her eyes, touched at her face, and continued. He grabbed me by the arms and started shaking me and cursing me very badly and saying that, as he had told me before, no matter what I did, how I tried to get away, he would never leave me, that if he, ju- that if he said jump, I would jump, if he said hop, I would hop, and I would have to do anything and everything he told me, or he'd cut my face or cripple me. And then she, you know, stopped and blinked back some tears, <laughs> um, et cetera. And then, you know, she goes on, but basically this is like, her performance, right, on, on this trial. The Perry Mason moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So while she doesn't... I mean, isn't it also possible that she just really felt all those things? Well, you know. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Maybe. <I don't> <laughs> so uh, anyway, though, what happens, though, is um, Cheryl is not, you know, tried for murder, or she's, you know, quitted. Uh, she becomes a ward of the state and goes on to become a real estate agent in Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. That's like a very like yeah, good for you. It's a respectable Yeah. Yeah, yeah I stabbed a guy several times. Yeah. Now I'm a real estate agent. Do you wanna buy a house in Palm Springs? <laughs> and uh Tommy decides to eventually you know, he continues his acting career. He eventually decides to take on his middle name for his acting career, which is Sean. And his role, the one he had with Disney, is what gets him the like eyes of a producer who's starting a new film series, and this eventually lands him the star role in the first James Bond movie. No <laughs> fucking fuck you way. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Sean Connery was fighting gangs on the rooftops of buildings. Nice. <laughs> That's my favorite part of this. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part of this. That's crazy. <laughs> His name was Big Tap. <laughs> nice. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know yeah. that either. That's, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. I love Sean Connery. Even did you more. did you know that John Connery is involved in this? Say anything. Yep. Ah, oh, yeah. That's that's good. Actually, to be honest, good the job I'll... navigating that minefield. I. <laughs> yep. No spoiler. <laughs> anyway though I mean actually to be honest when I was looking for like ideas for stories for this episode I was half thinking okay okay what can I do with the words awards what about a ward of like the state and I would look at like Jesus. wards or like psychiatric wards I was looking at anything I could to find stories <laughs> so do you feel better now you got to balance the universe I mean I, I'm glad that at least there was a sort of I mean this is not a, this is not long enough for me but it's it's, it's, it's good though it, it, it filled a, it filled a, it was it was an enjoyable story yeah, that's the, that's that's the, the ma- listen man that's yeah. the main point of this yeah thing. yeah Actually, to be, be honest with you, you know that this story, as it is in the articles I read, I mean, of course, they very the first thing they say is Sean Connery, but I want to present it in the yes, Noosh, we all know yeah. you're a wonderful storyteller. <laughs> Long you. and winding road, yes. Yes, paints a picture. Corny. <laughs> okay, um, so what I'm talking about is an award that's given, that's been given since 1993, and it's the. By the way, 
really quick. Yeah. When I was I was sort of considering doing like a crazy award, like because you know there's all these like weird awards yeah. that people do. Everything fucking starts in 1993. <laughs> I don't know why, but like all these, there's like a smelly sneaker award that started oh, yeah, in 1993. Oh yeah, I came across that. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. There's seriously like every weird award that ever existed that started in '93. What happened in 1993? I think that's like a like, golden year. People, just no, like, people it's time just, to be wacky. People just became so cynical. They're like, "Well, if they're gonna get an award for this, I'll give an award for this." I guess like, maybe they just, that's what it is. Probably. Th- yeah, they just. I thought it was funny. That lost all faith. Everything happened in '93 and it was on. <laughs> okay, so what I'm gonna talk about is the uh, Bad Sex in Fiction Award. Okay. Um, oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Okay, okay, go on. <laughs> okay, so it's presented to the author who produces the worst <laughs> description of sex scenes in a novel. Nice. Um, the trophy that is given, what it's uh, showing is, um, well, it says this, it's an abstract trophy representing sex in the 1950s. So what it is is a naked woman draped over an open book. I don't know exactly how that connects, but apparently. That, that, well, that's how men imagine women reading in the 1950s erotic fiction. I mean, that, that, of course they're naked. Well, that's just, the th- that's the know. interesting thing that this is not because I, I was reading this. But it's like, not okay, sexy. Of course, it's bad sex. It's bad sex. Right. I'm like, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey must have gotten this, but no, <laughs> it doesn't focus on like erotic literature. Mm-hmm. It's books that are legitimately good. They're good novels, except for these scenes of where their characters have sex and it's just badly written. Um, so it was. It started in England, um, and is part of the Literary Review, uh, which is a British magazine. Um, By the way, the you know we couldn't call it that, so we have to call it the American Literary Review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were the first. Um, the point of the award. So yeah. So this is directly from them. It's it's to draw attention to the crude, tasteless often perfunctory use of redundant passages of several descriptions in modern novel and to discourage it. So they're like, just stop writing this bad sex because it's just awful. <laughs> then they shouldn't make it an award with a lady on yeah. a book. They should make it like a... A man on a book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I got this like award for writing bad... Like, it should be... Yeah. I'm I mean, so here's ashamed the thing. of myself. Actually, writing bad sex, even though... These are these awards are meant to be kind of like ironic, like oh you got a award for yeah. something crappy. But at the same time, writing bad sex is almost something you'd be like, yeah, I wrote a really bad sexy. Like it's almost kind of cool in, in its own way. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I I'd like to get. You want to write a bad sex scene and get yeah. one of these? One of these I mean, I mean I've told you guys Go that one it. of my goals is I want to write a YA novel about mermaids. I have the whole plot in my head. Brilliant. <laughs> and I actually thought about outsourcing the makeout sessions because, of course, I mean, any... Outsourcing the makeout sessions? Yeah, because I have a really good idea for a story, right? Yeah. But the problem is, you know, the female protagonist and, of course, my sexy lead mermaid guy. Uh, Who may or lab. may not be He's loosely based on you. Man. Oh, no, no. God, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, actually, I do. I do swim though. But no, no, God, no. I not based on me. I I don't want to be romanced by me. Actually, to be honest. But I mean, you know, he's he's the guy who's got like the you know swimming V and everything. Okay. You know, he's that. Anyway, the point is that was of, that was a huge goal of yours, by the it, way. It, when you started swimming, you're like, I want to get that. Well, v. I mean, because the, the <laughs> this is the thing that Scott always says. He says the V is important because the V points in the right direction. The U just says go back up, <laughs> go back up, turn around. So anyway, I mean, the point is, though, I, there's going to be hot, sexy makeout sessions. You've got to have that. I mean, that's the ladies want that in these YA novels. you got to have okay. the, the hot makeout sessions. But the problem is I would you be— You also have to have two dudes. Oh, uh, I do. Okay. Oh, believe me, I'm—this is a—this might—actually, here's the thing, guys. I'm. A, oh, believe I, me, I do. Let me just say this. 
I genuinely want to be a novelist, and so even when I'm writing ironic YA novels just to be funny and just to just to do that, yeah, I still want it to be like a genuinely good story. <laughs> so I, this is like a really thought out idea. Yeah. And the point is this: the makeout sessions, I wouldn't be able to write them. I just don't have the ability to write sexy makeout sessions. So I thought about maybe outsourcing that to a woman who might be able to like, you know, Well, I'll just say that. that some of the stuff that I'll share, maybe it'll give you faith that you can because <laughs> they compare stuff that you wouldn't even see the connection. Okay. And it's just like, okay. I feel like, is this going to be 40-year-old virgin, like bags of sand kind of no, um, scenario? Where it's yes like, and no. I mean, because it's just They don't it's know just what it odd. feels like, so they just It's odd phrasing. Up. I mean, it's just okay. weird. Like, why would you... Why would you compare yeah. it to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so I thought, I mean, I'll start with the... the you know, the person who won the first award. So I'll just read the excerpt that won the okay. award. So this is... For the first time. For the first in 93. time. In 93. is from Melvin Bragg's A Time to Dance. Okay. Good story. Um, <laughs> so here's the, the excerpt. We came together. Do you remember always tenderly at first standing like a chivalric... Chivalric? What's that? Chivalric. Chivalric. But it's no, it's shit, whatever. Introduction to what was to be a voluptuous, sensual battle. Just stood and kissed like children, simply, body to body, (laughs) skin to skin. You slightly stirring against me, myself disregarding for those seconds the ram of sex aching below. Okay, he deserved that award. Good lord. Um, and then one part that which I why would listen? Listen, if you're describing a sex scene, why are you saying children (laughs) anywhere? anywhere yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well and then there's another part of it that i'm gonna skip part of it i'm gonna skip some of it and just go to the part that just and this is what i texted you guys earlier where i'm eating lunch and reading this not suitable for work stuff and i just started cracking up um so he says you know they start to have sex and he's like um he uh you know starts thrusting more strongly and finally thrust in hard and suddenly let everything go slam into me you used to say how you just slam into me <laughs> i was just like <laughs> that's the said part that's what you're that's saying the said out loud. part yeah slam into me. oh how you used to slam into me. i'm just like all righty then <laughs> you know what's really weird about that to me is where did he get that <laughs> like where was he like what would she say <laughs> slam into me <laughs> just like some person Th- that's the thing women say yes that's the thing oh yeah <laughs> they just go around saying that <laughs> Linda. Uh, huh as Belinda would. Oh my God! You guys have to listen to like I will. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to. If you guys ever hear a podcast called "My Dad Wrote a Porno," freaking hilarious. So it's it about funny. it's about um, this guy and his friends, and his dad actually self-published uh, an erotic book that he wrote, and it's called Belinda Blinked. And so it's just this guy reading the each each episode is him reading a chapter to his friends. And his dad does not know anything about yeah. female anatomy. Should've, should've, that's you, know how I know, you know how I know that his dad doesn't know anything about sex? Wh- where does Blinked? Where yeah. That, what is that? No, dude, I, I feel listen, really listen uncomfortable it. about it's, it only because I feel like it's going to be really dirty. Like, it is really yeah. dirty. By the way, I want to say this. This guy is so privileged. Whoever this podcast guy is, you right. know why? He got to make Someone a podcast. Someone threw a fucking yeah, podcast they, idea here, in his lap. Hey, here. Here's his a dad book. freaking. Oh, yeah. it was so dad popular, his dad wrote him. a sequel. Oh, yeah, there's a sequel. Dude, uh, he, he, he was handed that. We had to work and sweat. <laughs> My dad gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> My dad gave me a small loan of a Belinda Blinked <laughs> shitty novel that I could read to my friends. Yeah. Why didn't. 
our dads write a terrible. I mean, yeah. Email. I don't know if you'd want that. Our, our dads just like shrugged, like, "Huh, how are you doing podcast?" Like, yeah. <laughs> well, his dad's pen name yeah. is Rocky Flintstone, and oh, uh, dad. the one thing that stands Jesus. out. <laughs> so that makes yeah. sense because they're okay. British. Um, the one thing that stands out, one of the things that he writes in his book is um, he's describing Belinda, who's the main character, and he describes her breasts as pomegranates. <laughs> it's just like... Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he should totally win that award. Yeah. That is so <laughs> bad. But that's an erotic literature. Oh, this so doesn't go, this doesn't go yeah. for erotic literature. Oh. There's so many out. other fruits you yeah. could have gone Yeah, with. I know. I know. By the way, just like... on the topic of erotic literature, there's this thing that my friend does every year and i guess i was a part of this whole ex- thing whatever the point is every christmas also my experience basically that christmas he invited me over to like a christmas gathering you know we were gonna like walk around look at the christmas lights go back to you know their house and like have cocoa you know that sort of thing the yeah. christmasy stuff but he said that oh yeah every year there's this book that we read and we want you to be the one to read it out loud and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll read it. So I stood there. They were all seated with their cocoa. And I'm starting to read this book. And so far from like the very beginning of the book, as I started to read, they said, don't look at the cover. Don't look at anything. Just start reading from chapter one. Well, you so should I be alarmed right there. Yeah. So I started <laughs> but reading. But he wasn't. And yeah. It's about Santa Claus. And it's about how he's getting ready to go on his way on the sleigh ride, right? The elves are loading the toys and the reindeer are ready. And that it's yeah. basically that. Right, he, he gives a kiss to uh, to Mrs. Santa Claus, and you know, and there's a point where I was reading out loud the whole time, it's like normal, normal stuff. This is like page three or four I was on, you know, of all these descriptions, and I, I'm at this point where, you know, Santa Claus, you know, does the whole on dancer, on dancer yeah. thing, and um, the sleigh starts to take off, and I'm just reading out loud, and he says, as the sleigh rocked, his testicles jiggled slightly, <laughs> and then I I stopped. Actually, the way I said it was, and his test. Tickles jiggled slightly. <laughs> and then I was like, why? What am I reading? And I looked at the cover at that point and I realized it was erotic fiction about Santa Claus. Nice. And <laughs> him sleeping with like the tooth fairy, I guess. <laughs> having an affair. I hope this was, were there kids there? In the story? No. Oh, in the reading. Christmas? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This is an uh, adult Christmas gathering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty but, good. <laughs> All right, well, uh, okay, so I was going to skip ahead to um, 1996. This is from David Huggins' The Big Kiss, an Arcade Mystery. Um, and so here... <laughs> These um, books. So this is the excerpt. Stick it in, she whispered. I moved up the bed and pushed inside her. Liz squeaked like wet rubber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, was there anything else? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah this part... <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, it's funny, but I, I don't actually know what rubber sounds like. I mean, I ass- <laughs> I'm assuming just, like, balloon sounds. Oh, balloon <laughs> sounds. There you go. Okay, okay, okay. Um, continue skipping down a little bit. Um, when Liz saw that I was about to shoot my blob of low-cal genetics, she turned onto her stomach, lifting her arse to get a hand to her clitoris and chased me to an orgasm. She made it just in time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> The look on your dryest face. <laughs> that blob of yeah. genetic low-calorie low cal yeah. genetics thing was why. Yeah. <laughs> why he won. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess. Yeah. My, th- my thing is this. Like, if you're you, – okay. You're trying to write a legitimate book, okay? Let's look at Noosh, for example. Mm. You're like, I'm a novelist. I like to write. I like a good story. These people – 
are published, I mean, they have to have that Some same... Some of them are New York Times bestsellers. Dude. They have to have that same thing where they're like, I want to write a good story. Right. Who the fuck is writing... <laughs> oh my, how should I do... I got to write a sex scene. Her, her. Mm, uh, blob of low-calorie genetic... <laughs> She, she sprung it. to life like a sunflower. <laughs> Can I Let me share this one going along with that. This yeah. is from 2009. This is Jonathan Little, The Kindly Ones. Uh, here's the quote. I, can, I came suddenly, a jolt that emptied my head, like a spoon scraping the inside of a soft-boiled egg. <laughs> exactly. Hold on. So he was describing his orgasm. His, his orgasm. Yeah. That his brain felt like it was getting scooped out. Like a soft-boiled egg. Oh, his that's, brain. That's felt- not even sexual. That's just fucking mess. Yeah, he no, said he came his, his, and it. His orgasm his was so intense that it it emptied his mind. Yeah, and so he felt like he was being scraped like a egg. Ah, have you ever have you ever <laughs> experienced that? Not with an egg. <laughs> came so hard, I felt like my brain came out. Uh, this is. I think this is probably my my favorite one. Um, this is from 2005. This is Giles. Um, I these seem to all be British. They, I think they are. Well, because well, it's, 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 Brit- it's, yeah. it's a British, it's a British okay. it's a British oh. literary magazine that's giving. Not that it. they couldn't find. They're so bad. Yeah. I, hope, I, hope, I hope the American Literary Review also does, does this. Because <laughs> I like to see how bad those are. Yeah. Right. Um, let me see if I can get his actual name because I my writing I can't. Read what it is. Um, what did I say? Oh, five. Giles Corn. Giles and his uh, book is called Winkler. This is the line. Um, as she grabbed at his dick, which was leaping around like a shower dropped in an empty bath, uh, he what? shot three more times in thick stripes on her chest, like Zorro. <laughs> How are you enjoying the show, Mom? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, I have so many questions yeah. about what. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know how to. Where do you begin, huh? It was. It was like a shower. Like a shower in a bath. You know how like you have the the shower, shower head. Yeah. And if it drops, if the water is on, it kind of oh. moves around. So apparently, that's what his. What a fucking <laughs> weird analogy. <laughs> That's so like, and then he marked her like Zorro. <laughs> Probably sounded just like that. Probably. Good reference, guy. Yeah, and he won. And he won. So there you go. Exactly. Mm. I so, mean, is are you yeah. proud of that when you win that award? You think? I I don't know actually. I mean, I didn't find any. Also. Don't these guys have editors? Aren't they just like, hey, man, are you sure you want to... Well, they probably, if the book was good, they're like, oh, people will ignore that one little scene. People will ignore that little (laughs) scene. They probably assume, like, "Ah, well, he probably knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) He knows his market. I mean, actually, I'm not going to lie. Maybe some editor was, like, reading that part, and he's just like, oh, man, it's been a while for me. Maybe it is. That's it. That is what it feels (laughs) like. It's been a while. Uh, or, maybe, was, or maybe the editor's like, oh, yeah. That one's good. Zorro. <laughs> That's my jam right there. If I was writing the sex scenes for my story, it would be very straightforward and simple. His hand touched her breast. She touched his head. Blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. It, it just, it's just really straightforward, you know. But you don't want to be like this person from 2014 that Ooh, said. Yeah. Um, Recent. 
The universe was in her, and with each movement, it unfolded to her. Somewhere in the night, a stray rocket went off. Huh. <laughs> she had the whole universe yeah. inside of her. Also, if you're comparing the size of a rocket to the entire universe, <laughs> he's not, yeah. he's yeah. not really, he's not really uh, <laughs> making this guy out true. to well, is it, be no, a very... No, it somewhere in the night, a stray rocket went off. Yeah, the stray rocket going off in the universe is like... yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, okay, yeah, somewhere in the night, did, did, stray rocket. But he's yeah. did, did your rocket go off? <laughs> is it in? Is, it, is, this, is, that, is that it? Is it in the universe? <laughs> the rocket goes off. Is that it? <laughs> so I mean, I can continue sharing excerpts, but that's pretty much What's what I the, got. What is the you want most the, recent? The, the most recent one? one. Yeah, 2016. This is 2016. Um, I'll just skip to the part where that really. So they're they're having sex, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she wiggled her breasts beneath my hands and intensified the pushing. I went up to my groin and came out almost entirely. My body was her gear stick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the physics of what was just... Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't yeah. actually understand yeah. what happened right there. Yeah, pretty much. She um, wiggled... He well, a there's car. a sentence before yeah. that where it well, says she wiggled, and I felt like he like he transformed okay. himself. Let me let me <laughs> yeah. let me go and I'll, I'll I'll let me go back up and I'll read the part that comes out. forward. Yeah. So um, she pushed on my hips on an order that thrust me in. I entered her. Not only my prick, but the whole of me entered in, entered her into oh. her guts, into her darkness. What? Eyes widen open, Why eyes wide open, seeing part? nothing. My whole body had gone inside her. I'm surprised, by the way, that what I... What the fuck? <laughs> I'm surprised so far I haven't read anything from somebody talking about, like, I stormed her castle and my soldiers... I think that's more of, like, the, you know, the books that you get, like, at the airport. The, like, the, like, the, the rest novels. of this book is also terrible. Yeah, yeah. But they're here, they're trying to go for a literary, yeah. you know, new phrasing for sex. <laughs> so, I see. Yeah. My whole body entered her <laughs> into her guts. She was a he was a gear stick. Literally, yeah, I guess. Li- literally. That's oh. really okay. awkward. <laughs> so guys. Well, so <laughs> on that note. So that was, I mean, yeah, we uh we completed an episode. Completed. Huh. Because conclusion, yeah. sex stuff. To conclusion, a stray rocket went off <laughs> somewhere in the night. All right. So, uh, are there any? Uh, do you have anything to signal boost, Kath, or anything you wanna? Any signal boost? Yeah, yeah. You know, anything you wanna promote? Any events shout-outs. coming up? Shoutouts. Not that I can think of. Anything? I don't know why you're looking at. You me. also, by <laughs> the way, I don't. I don't to? know your life. No. I don't know your life. Also, by the way, we said, tell us about yourself, and then she just, like, declined. Yeah. And we never learned You're right. The very her. first time I actually remember to do that. She just, like, nah, just kind of, she just <laughs> redirected the conversation. Hmm. I see you. Not answering the question. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. Well, I really wasn't sure what to be prepared for. I was asking Courtney, so I'm not sure what I have of any value to contribute. And Courtney was like, you're just there for the mom face. I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Because for some of some of the some episodes, knowledge. I mean, the, you're the only mom of us three that'll be on the show because my mom's never going to find out about this show. <laughs> and Ryan's mom's in other states, so yeah. Well, you could you could Skype her in. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> not, I don't want her to hear that and then get some idea. Uh, 
And Gail tricked Amanda to be on the show. I might never be on the show. I'd like to have her on the show, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll ask her. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. There you go. See? Right. You started you know a trend. And you know what's... Thanks. Which I may get blamed for later. Thanks, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> but see, there's no reason that you can't Skype in your mother. My mother? Yes. My mother will never even know this show exists. Why? I will, because my relationship with my mother is one where there's an entire side of me that doesn't exist as far as she's she concerned. She doesn't know, yeah. And I, I'm He's happy. a totally different person. I am a totally different person. No, I'm, I'm the same. No, you're not. I just don't say a lot of things well, <laughs> or do a lot of things. She may find that great. No. You know? <laughs> I, I, no. No, I, I, I'm, I'm a model son. And I rem- I I aim to if stay that way. If she came on the way. show, she'd spend the whole time just like <gasps> she'd be crying. She just <laughs> is this who you are? <laughs> is this who you are? Don't talk oh like goodness. that. People can hear you. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, it's not. I mean, it's not. I mean, she has seen the worst sides of me, though, right? Where I'm like, like swearing or emotion. You know what I mean? Like she's seen yeah, those sides. Yeah. Of me. And you'd be so pretty... she's. She's heard my foul language, I so suppose. So what is there about you that you, th- the real you, that you uh, think I mean, she'd be so upset no, about? No, no, no. I mean, just anything related to jokes, I say, they, I know, just everything. Everything about me. <laughs> just basically the whole wow. of my character. Basically, the person I am at home is like a really toned down version of this. It's like, a, it's like if <laughs> Noosh was... Ryan's seen it. If Noosh was 13. <laughs> yeah. He's just, not, not, not even th- like 11. <laughs> Because well, when you're, listen, no, 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 only because when you're 13, you're already really gross mm-hmm. and like, you know, just yeah, yeah. jerking off on everything and just being like <laughs> a general terrible person. I think 11, yeah. you're, you're getting a little mouthy, but you're not awful yet. Yeah. So you're that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm he's, 11. He's, he's very childlike. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're all happy that way. So, <laughs> all right. Courtney, anything to single boost? Nope, I got nothing. Ryan? Uh, no, uh, shout out to my new girlfriend, and you're going to have to stop making... You're, you're going to run out of material now for, like, Ryan sleeps with everybody. I know. I know the problem is I'm also... Because I'm not anymore. Uh, I'm really worried that, like, half our listener base... Here's the thing. This show Dude. is kind of like... No, no, hold on. No, no, let me finish. You, you don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I you don't even I do. know. No, you don't. I think I do. I think I'm going to surprise you, All boo. Right. boo. So, um, here's the thing. This, this show and the people on this show are a lot like Japanese pop stars, where basically we have to maintain this image of being single and young and sexy because the thing is, our fans like to know that we're available. I mean, the they don't one want, day they got they don't, a shot. Yeah, one day they got a shot with us. They don't want to know that this person is in a relationship with so-and-so. You know, they don't want those things. They want to know that we're single. So... The thing is, half our listener base, for whatever reason, is actually all women. All of them. And so the thing is, knowing that one of Did us... Did you... Wait, hold on. You're like, half our listener base yes. is women for some weird reason? Yeah. Not I, that, I don't know why. Not, not that, like, you know, just half the population of <laughs> well, mankind. I, I, yes. well, I, I have no idea why true. half of these people have <laughs> vaginas. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> well, in any case, in any case. I, I, I don't want them to suddenly be like, oh, one of them is not single anymore. Well, I'm done with this show. I don't want to lose our listeners. My entire concern about no, anything because on then the they show would start is... hoping for the failure of that relationship. See, then don't. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> women still like you know, like uh, Clooney and people once they're Clooney was single for a long time. Then you know what we have to do? Fans. We have to have your... Sean Connery was married. We have to have your girlfriend on the show at some point. That once. way, they know who she is and they know who to hate. <laughs> right? There you go. That's There's the... a way we need to get around Selena the show. Gomez it. Yeah, we need to. 
Yeah. There you go. Well, anyway, shout out to Ashley. Yeah. You're going to have to come on here so you can be hated, I guess. <laughs> Take one for the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a shout out um, to events that PRSSA is doing at some point either this month or Dude, the by the next way, month. Yeah. Really quick. Did you know that they're playing Crash Bandicoot out there? Yeah, yeah. They do it all the time. I just noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. And then here's a funny thing. I mean, if, if they're hooking up a PlayStation to the TV, if these TV monitors yeah. that are in the student lounge, if they're hooking up PlayStations out there, hooking up their computers, I guess, why why don't they play anything other than Crash Bandicoot? That's all yeah. they play. That's the only thing I've ever seen them play. Yeah. This is over like That's weird. a year and a half now. <laughs> uh, in any case, PR say that PR organization club i'm a part that you're of the vice president of. i'm the vice president they're doing stuff in the next two months <laughs> so come do stuff doing so <laughs> the stuff they're doing on whatever dates they're doing them you guys should come out and be a part of that um <laughs> we will have a meeting next monday where everyone is welcome even if you're a non-member so come out and enjoy the festivities of pr related content of yeah. what, of what PR are the festivities content. That is a great question, and uh, we Dude, are doing... You're the worst vice president. <laughs> yeah, PR, I wouldn't say, is your strong suit, man. I have wound up in so many... In my life, I've just found myself in places where they're like, you're the vice president now. Okay. You're, you're, you're a PR and advertising major. Dude, no, you know who you are? You're kind of like Trump in a way. Yeah. You're just you're really good at running for things because you I think am. it's fun, and yeah. then you get there and you're like, oh, I don't. Know I know. I, I really, here. I really want to be a part of everything and be beholden to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you also like president or vice president of uh, your ASB or whatever? I was the vice. I'm always vice president. I'm the, I was a vice president oh, yeah, of the high school thing. ASB. I was the vice president of Guitar Society, the <laughs> <laughs> the rock club on campus. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just join a lot of things. To, you know, to be vice president. You want to be I just, you want vice president all over your resume. Just. You know why? <laughs> vice president gets most of the glory, but none of the responsibility. And that's my goal in life. <laughs> I mean, why do you think it's called Ryan and Noosh are dead? I want to be number two. Also, you're, you're not, yeah, now you even don't have good responsibilities for this. Yeah. I mean, you do have responsibilities. You just don't do them very well. Yeah. So, so anyway, anyway yeah. uh, come out to come your out to SSA <laughs> thing. Just, you so you still didn't say what the festivities were. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a meeting where we're going to be doing uh, some people, kind of they'll be event there. planning workshop. There's going to be a Shakey's Pizza fundraiser and also some kind of other fundraiser at a different establishment. <laughs> uh, there will be a meeting uh, in three weeks where a keynote speaker of some kind from some company will come. And uh, we're also going to have elections in four weeks where people will try to take the positions that we currently have. And I will mentor someone to be the new vice president. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and you're going to be like, listen, just show up sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. I, <laughs> Talk about I will, an epic fail, right? Uh, you know, I, I do my very best. <laughs> <laughs> there so, should be an award for that. Yeah, I mean it's it's participation trophies, a lot of them. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's for doing your very best. So, all right, guys. No, that's for, for that's for participating. That's for showing up. That's oh. all that. Yeah, is. but that's what he does. It's his yeah. very best. He shows up. I show up. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> it's so sad when I do. And I'm just kind of <laughs> nodding my head, agreeing. <laughs> agreeing. I, I'm a terrible person in general. <laughs> agree. So, all right, guys. Thank you for joining us on another episode. We will be back next week, and. Um, 
Ryan, what uh, what song? How'd we do on time, by the way? We're, we're perfect. We are See? absolutely perfect on time. What is the song? I'm gonna let you say it. Listen, you should know now. Yeah. that I'm never gonna tell you what it is. You just the song's called JPB by Up Up and Away. Exactly. Is it really right? No, it's not right. Oh, good. Who calls themselves <laughs> Up Up and Away? A pop band that's from Sweden. <laughs> Act- yeah, actually, that's probably yeah. right. Yeah. No, it's the other uh, way around. Okay, so it is Up and Away by JPB. We'll see you next week, guys. Stay classy. Sure Dead is made possible thanks to KDHR, the student-operated radio station of California State University, Dominguez Hills. For more information about KDHR, please visit www.kdhr.net. The intro song for this show is Space Ace by Blind. This music is made available thanks to Overclocked Remix. For more information, please visit ocremix.org.